0: SHUT UP AND SIT DOWN! They all here? Well, I'm going anyways. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers. You think I'm fucking with you? I'm not fucking with you. (laughs) What's up, guys? bit of a random way to start the show. I know. Uh, I just random shit pops into my head sometimes before I press record and I'm like, should I open with that? Or how do we, how do we get this episode going? But we're in it now. Um, for those of you don't, that don't know what the fuck I was on about. Um, that's, a line from Alex bald, Alec Baldwin's monologue in *Glengarry Glenn Glen Ross, uh, one of the, in my opinion, greatest monologues ever delivered on the screen. Um, yeah it's a bit of a random way to start but it's again it's it's like how do you start these if you don't have a guest to say hello to or you know i know you guys are are here listening and it's like hey guys how you doing but it's like fuck every time how many of these shows are we gonna do and it just be hey guys how you doing like fucking bullshit um so i just i'm thinking about the show before i press record and i'm like hey a random shit pops in anyways off on a tangent already sign of good things to come Uh, this is episode 33 of the quiet part loud. I'm your host, Daryl as always. And, uh, yeah, I told you guys we were coming back for one more this week, right? So sometimes we do one a week. Sometimes we do two a week. I'm not going to hold myself to a schedule except regularity. I want frequency. And like I've said before, I could probably do one of these every day, but time doesn't permit. And therefore we kind of, you know, because I have another job, I have to fit this in around it, um, and therefore they can be sporadic in their delivery. But I try to get at least one out a week, and if it's a good week, two, and if it's an exceptional week, fuck it, I'll do three. Um, but we're almost at the end of the week, and I mean, what a week it's been since our last show when it was all kicking off, and you know, the, it was the day that the U.S. Embassy was moved uh, to Jerusalem as part of the uh, quote-unquote peace process, which seems to have worked out a treat. I don't see anything wrong with, uh, with anything there, to be honest. I mean, <sighs> who in their right mind didn't see this coming? Um, I mean... I get sick of talking about it. I'm sure you guys get sick of hearing me talk about it, but it's, you know, we have to talk about what's going on, right? So just to recap on this, I think the death toll is now 68 Palestinians with over 3,500 people injured. And... What you're hearing from the Israeli side and from the U.S. side is that, you know, no other country with people like this on its border would have acted so, um, so reservedly, uh, you know, and so like they held back. They're saying Israel basically held back and no other country would have held back if they had these people on its borders. Well, there's a couple of issues with that. There's a couple of issues there. One, it's not Israel's border. It's Palestine's border. Right? The 70th anniversary is what this opening of the Jerusalem embassy signified for the Israelis was their Independence Day. The day they uh, drove hundreds of thousands of Palestinians out of their homes, property, land to set up their own country, right? That's what their 70th anniversary marks and what this opening was a part of that celebration. Do you know what it, do you know what the same day represents on the Palestinian side? They call it Nakba. And that translates to catastrophe, because as I just finished saying, it was the day that Israeli forces beat out the Jordanian army and um, what was the other army, um, and basically won the what was the ten day war, and set up shop and established Israel. So the Palestinians, who had to flee and were displaced in the hundreds of thousands, they call the same day Nakba, or Catastrophe Day. So it kind of sets the scene for what we're talking about here, because I've been seeing the press report on this. I've seen the White House Press Department I don't know exactly what that Raj guy's title is uh, who did the press briefing the other day. But if you're listening to this media, they're, they're effectively saying, and Nikki Haley, the uh, UN, what is it? She, the Security Council Ambassador, whatever the fuck, if that's even a title. Nikki Haley, the one at the UN, right? The ambassador, uh, the UN ambassador, I think she is. She's come out. This Raj Press guy from the administration, he's come out. And now I see uh, media outlets like, well, obviously Fox. But also the Business Insider saying what the mainstream media is not telling you about the deaths uh, in Palestine. And they're turning it solely onto the responsibility, and this is across the board, right? So you know it's, you know it's scripted, you know it's you know kind of hand-fed, spoon-fed, hand-delivered. They've all just blamed it on Hamas, saying these were Hamas fighters that were at the border. Um, this was effectively a siege. Um, fuck those guys. They're lucky it wasn't worse. Is effectively the sentiment that's coming out of Israel and the US. The problem with that, and please don't get me as like some apologist for fucking Hamas and, you know, the militant faction within Gaza. They've done some bad shit, no question about it. However, they are the only force within what remains of Palestine that have any defense capability whatsoever, right? Because the rest of them are just living... Third world country would be two steps up for these guys. And so when people are destitute and have... Zero food and zero water and zero electricity except for when Israel allows it because, again, please don't forget, Israel and the the Israeli government control everything that comes into the Palestinian cordoned-off areas, as it were. So food and supplies and things like uh, infrastructure, material, cement, you know, things like this. None of that shit gets through unless Israel says it's okay. There is no independent economy for Palestine. There is no, uh, no industry. There's no, I mean, there's no fucking, there's no nothing, right? It's a war zone and has been a war zone for some time now. But what we're seeing is we're seeing the most violent period Or one of the most violent uprisings since, I don't know, four or five years ago when the peace process kind of broke down the last time. So when you've got a people that A, have a history, and this is brief history, right? What are we talking, 1948 when this happened? We're talking about a people that for now the past two to three generations have grown up as slaves, effectively, you know. Controlled, shut in, partitioned off and isolated from everything except what's drip fed to them by the Israelis. So when I see like a media outlet saying, you know what people are forgetting? Uh, They're forgetting that this is all Hamas's responsibility. Well, no doubt they had plenty to do with it. Right, these these guys that showed up at the border and were uh, aggressively throwing rocks and throwing uh, Molotov kites, right? And and if you don't know what that is, basically one of their ways of resisting or you know trying to disrupt Israel is by putting a little makeshift kind of Molotov cocktail on the end of a kite rope. And then flying the kite up, letting the wind take it, drift over the border, over the fence, and then hopefully drop it into one of the farmlands uh, to, like, burn the crops. That's one of their, like, one of their go-to defenses, right? The other one is, um, well, it's the same weapon that David beat Goliath with, in quotations, right, in the story. They're using a sling, effectively, and rocks to just chuck rocks. And the quote-unquote retaliation or controlling of the situation by the Israeli soldiers could be described as not on par. When they have snipers and soldiers firing tear gas, snipers that are, I mean, one guy is reported to have been shot through the eye. The soldiers fire tear gas, but better than that, when the soldiers go home, some geek in a fucking uh, office somewhere controls a drone and the drone has tear gas on it. So they can still fuck these people up and, you know, retaliate, defend themselves, whatever you want to call it. But we're playing stones and like burning bricks with the most advanced technology available. So, one, what the fuck are we talking about when I'm reading these media reports that it's only Hamas? Hamas have a presence in Gaza the way that they do and are the controlling party of Gaza the way they do Because of the things that Israel has subjected Palestinians to. This is how you get these uprisings. This is how you get these militias. This is how you get militant groups. They are born out of subjugation. They are born out of constantly being the nail. And not the hammer, you know? And yeah, they fight dirty. And yeah, they got ties to Iran. And yes, it's th- they're a recognized terrorist organization globally. But better the devil you know than the devil you don't is kind of what I would imagine most Palestinians who are lending their support to Hamas feel. That and probably fear as well for no other thing or retaliation because, again, I'm not an apologist for Hamas. I understand what they are. However... People seem to be missing what Israel is. And I want to be absolutely abundantly clear again, just in case anybody wants to take words out of context or snippet these things out. I am not talking about Israelis. I am talking about the Israeli government, their ties abroad to America, and the faction that creates a terrorist organization themselves. Not mincing my fucking words here, guys. Okay? I got no problem with jewish people or israelis or anything like that just like i don't have any problem with anybody else but the government of that country are actively participating in the segregation ostracization and subjugation how many shuns can i put in this motherfucking sentence of the palestinian people And it's completely unreported. Completely unreported. So I'm not buying this simple thing as the headlines write that this is, this is a Hamas problem. This is a Hamas problem. If if you watch that press briefing from that Raj guy yesterday or the day before, his responses were so blatantly just, I, I mean, prepared isn't even the right word. They were just so dismissive. like. Nobody gives a fuck. The way that sentiment came across was, listen, guys, we don't give a fuck about Palestinians. Um, They have a terrorist organization in there. It's easy to point to them. We're going to blame them. Fuck you. Got nothing else to report on it. I mean, I don't know why these press briefings happen most days, because 90 percent of the responses are. We've got nothing more to comment on that situation. I'll have to get back to you on that or I have no current comment on that at the moment. What the fuck are you briefing? You're briefing your own agenda, but for any outside investigation, you're simply not interested in an engagement of that sort. You don't want a conversation like that. And it's, I mean, it's nothing new. But you just throw this Hamas out. Hamas, terrorists, Hamas, terrorists, Hamas. People were gathered along that fence on the Palestinian side, on the Gaza side of it because of this 70th anniversary catastrophe um, recognition. That's what they were doing. A lot of these people were there gathering for that. And a lot of the elders from the reports that I'm seeing from different foreign press outlets and not fucking BBC or CNN or Fox News or any of these bullshit things, but people on the ground, independent journalists, things like that, are saying that a lot of the elders were trying to calm these people down, you know, and they didn't want it to blow up the way that it blew up. But once they start getting shot and once they start getting tear gas thrown on them, what do you expect them to do? We need to come away from this inability to criticize Israel, because it could be looked at as anti-Semitic. It is not anti-Semitic to say the Israeli government are committing acts of genocide, murder, abuse, human rights violations and are currently and have been establishing settlements in occupied territory. I mean, this is not The peace process is a very difficult thing to figure out. Clearly, nobody's fucking done it yet. But the situation in terms of how it currently resides, that is not a difficult one to understand. And anybody that doesn't choose to look at the whole picture, the commentary is 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 blindingly biased and obviously skewed and influenced And some more investigation needs to be done. But also on these political commentators, on these people that go on these fucking TV shows and don't even have the bare basics of the history of this situation, the origins of this situation. It's infuriating to hear their ignorance. It's infuriating to hear how little they understand about what the fucking problem is and how simplified they want to try to make it. It's not, but it's all there. I mean, fuck, start with Wikipedia and work your way through the links. The problem is nobody gives a fuck because we don't care too much about subjugated minority populations, in my opinion gotta stay hydrated guys gotta get that water in sorry if you're hearing that in the mic but like nikki haley this u.n ambassador <laughs> basically saying oh israel were really nice to do what they did they could have been much worse okay they murdered 70 people and fucked up a small town worth of people She walked out of of the assembly meeting like some protest or something that this is just ridiculous and not worth talking about. Again, they don't want to address the root cause of this problem or even have a discussion of anything critical about Israel. But like this is some fucking beacon of hope. Just because they're so dangerous and volatile in that region and because they're so interconnected with the American legal entertainment judicial systems of america they seem to have this power of influence i'm not going to go down the fucking rabbit hole of conspiracy theory discussions about you know the jewish bankers and shit like that there's already been a an artist in england has been chastised for that god forbid we speak openly but you have to be critical of these guys because what they're doing is fucking terrible It was Palestine in 1947 or 46. And by 1948, it wasn't. It was now Israel and Palestine. But Palestine was split into two parts. Two million people stuck in one of these areas. They're living like animals and nobody's doing anything about it. And more damaging than that, or just to compound how damaging that is, is now they're blaming them for being pissed off that Israel is moving or that America is moving their embassy onto what is effectively international territory. And like Guatemala fucking followed on. It's like, oh, oh, that's a really, really difficult one to figure out why they fucking came along with it. Have you got anybody substantial that agrees with you? Because the global community as a whole sees this as a fuck up. In my opinion, what what I'm seeing, not from skewed media and biased opinions and things like that, just the fucking facts. Nobody agrees with this move except small little rinky-dink fucking countries that can be influenced by the states and their trade and their fucking, you know, they're not going to pressure anybody significant into doing this move because this is absolutely the worst thing for the peace process. This is a declaration that the U.S. are no longer an independent, unbiased mediator of the Middle East peace process. Fact. Fact. Absolute fact. They've taken aside definitively defended that position multiple times through multiple channels in the administration and have made a move that is, you know, categorically from a foreign policy point of view, retarded. So there's no peace process to be spoken of now. And anybody out there that's like, well, you know, America has to be the moral compass or you know is the moral compass of the world fuck you because that moral compass does not point true north at all and who the fuck other than their military made them you know chief mediator for the globe fuck you guys how about that but i've got my further thoughts on Obviously Trump and why he's doing this with Israel and things like that. Because for all intents and purposes, this motherfucker's an atheist anyways. He doesn't give a fuck about any of this. And this is a religious problem. Let's be for real, for real. This boils down to a religious problem. Because Jerusalem is seen by Muslims, um, Christians, and, um, and Jews as a holy Mecca effectively, like a holy centerpiece for those. You know, they've all got, you know, their, their 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 key kind of areas in that city. And part of the peace process that was being discussed before, back in the day when Clinton was involved in it and so on through the years, one of the negotiating points for the peace process was that Jerusalem would be Effectively divided. Like East Jerusalem would be for Palestine. West Jerusalem would be for Israel. Um, And you know. Obviously that is off the fucking table now. So. I don't know. It's just infuriating. It's infuriating that. Enormous media outlets. Like Business Insider. Can turn around and be so blatantly fucking ignorant. About. About facts there's nothing verified that said all of the people there that day protesting were hamas but you can lean towards the fact that they may be supporting hamas because in that area that is controlled by hamas they are effectively the political party right So if you got any semblance of eating or drinking or having fucking electricity or running water, they're probably going to be the ones that are going to facilitate that. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't. But I just need some quality journalism to make it to the mainstream media about this issue because it's just infuriating and it's so obvious. The, the level of bullshit is so clear and I just, I don't understand how people can swallow it, I guess is, is my point because I see these people having these, these conversations and even the people on the Palestinian side, you know, they try to touch on it and then shit gets kiboshed and it's just like, you, you know, you can't get, you can't get rid of the problem without removing the roots. Can't just trim the fucking branches. And that's all these people are doing. So that's a positive way to start the episode, isn't it? (laughs) Fuck. Sorry, guys. No, I'm not sorry, man. We need to talk about this shit. We need to talk about this shit. I'm not apologetic. I'm not sorry for talking about this. This is what I want this platform to be about. It can be jokey. It can be light. It can be whatever. But we're not going to fucking shy away from these problems. And until we can openly criticize anybody we want to... That is justified criticism. You know. How can we call anything a free press? This is the closest thing to it. I'm not going to be censored. I feel Israel is a warmongering state. And the only reason they have any fucking leverage. Is because of America and their nuclear program. That's it. That's it. They're fucked otherwise. And I don't want to see a people exterminated. That's not what this is about. Just look at the root of the problem. And then tell me that. If you were subjugated like that. And the only chance you had of of survival. Was siding with a group like Hamas. Would you do it? Or would you let your family starve? So don't. Don't just hear it's Hamas's problem and then regurgitate that like you know something about it. Just have a little bit deeper of a look, guys, okay? And don't be afraid to criticize what appears to be the uncriticizable, if that's even a word. It is so taboo to criticize Israel in any way. And I say, fuck that. Fuck that. Can we get on to some important shit, please? I want to move on. Like I'm asking somebody for permission. Asking my fucking dogs for permission. Um, Just one more thing on the American side of things before, and it's not Palestine and Israel. It's. uh I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous show, but there was like a thing released in America where it said don't buy Huawei products or ZTE products because they could be used as uh, spy devices, listening devices for China. Um, and effectively what they were trying to do was stop like the number three and I think number f- six or something like that uh, mobile phone providers in the world getting access to the uh, American market effectively, and fucking with Samsung and and um, and Apple's market share, right? So everybody's like, oh, don't you know, don't buy Huawei, don't buy, um, don't buy ZTE. They're spy devices. Yeah, like Samsung and fucking Apple aren't listening to every goddamn word you say and every keystroke you type on their devices. Like, what the fuck, guys? Like, what do you think? But what's really funny, what's really funny is less than a week after this announcement was made about these two phone providers in China, Trump, 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 Trump Trump would be Donald Trump. um, Trump comes out and eases sanctions on ZTE saying there's a lot of job losses a lot of job losses, and that's not good for China, so we're gonna ease up some sanctions on that. We're gonna help get those jobs back, right? Make China great again? <laughs> again? again? Make China great again? MACA. We got MAGA and we got MACA. No, we don't, because that's the wrong fucking way around. <laughs> it w- it, yeah, it doesn't even work. Fucking scratch that. Scratch that. MAGA and MACA? No, Daryl, that's not how acronyms work. Fucking moron. Um, <laughs> but the reason I wanted to talk about this was not because I can't get acronyms right, um, or that I wanted to do a terrible Donald Trump impression. The reason I wanted to mention this was just to indicate again the depths of this guy's fucking scuzziness and corruption and dirty fucking business workings, and basically just him. Just just want to highlight Trump to you a little bit, right? So. Huawei, no. Off the table, right? ZTE on the table. Do you know why? Do you know what this coincided with? Well, if you don't, it coincided with China agreeing $500 million in loans to an Indonesian theme park that is going to have Trump's name attached to it. It's going to like use, it'll be like the Trump fucking... Fun ride amusement park or whatever, right? Trump land or something like that, right? They want to, they want to. So, again, this Indonesian theme park wants to attach Trump's name to its business. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Trump has basically said, if you give the funding for this so I can get that some of that $500 million funneled to me, right, for branding payment, for whatever that business arrangement is, like however much he charges for his brand or his business affiliation, he's going to get some of that $500 million, right? So the conversation is likely to have gone, hey... We'll um we'll we'll ease up on ZTE if you let this money go through this theme park. And China's like yeah cool we'll we'll uh we'll give that money that's like fucking you know that's half a day's earning in like one factory uh, area of one of our provinces so yeah cool no problem for that so we can get ZTE in and uh, and start doing what we do yeah we'll have that thanks very much so. <laughs> He's not even good at being a dirty, corrupt motherfucker. It's just just so backwards to me. But yeah, I thought that was really convenient timing. And like I said, it's just so blatant. I mean, he's not even hiding it. It's not even hidden. Um, So yeah, what else is going on? That's politics. (laughs) You know, besides that, fucking uh, Theresa May over there trying to negotiate the customs union. She's like, well, we want single, we want access to single market. You're fucking in the single market. Stupid bitch. Oh, you know what's fucking hilarious? I assume by now, most people in earshot of my voice have watched the Donald Glover, the childish Gambino, this is America video. Yeah. With all its symbolism and messaging in it and you know, it's creativity and no, I'm not a fucking white guy just blessing this video and fucking like giving my love, showing love to this video so I can be transitionary. It's a good video. I don't even remember what the song sounds like. To be honest, I need to listen to it again. That's a good video just from a cinematography point of view. Right? So, of course, because it's how we are today. And these fucking YouTube stars are ruining everything. There was a Canadian YouTuber, female. Fuck is her name? Nicole Arbor. Well, she did what she called a women's edit of that song. And not only that song, but that video. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. She was claiming female empowerment once she got shit on by the internet. But effectively, she's just a thirsty bitch. One of these YouTube douchebags who will do anything for clicks and once it's not received well once the message is completely missed because let's be honest there's not a message in the fucking video they come out and say well it's because of this this is why I did it all my intentions behind it were good fuck you they were you're doing it for clicks and views and working on your ad revenue That's all you're doing you're a prostitute to content You're a prostitute to the internet. You're a prostitute to YouTube. And that goes for fucking Logan Paul, Lil Tay, or any of these other degenerate misguided miscreants. You're doing nothing of value. Your content sucks. Your audience is a mindless drove of idiots. and we don't need you we don't need you you add zero value zero value but my my other problem with this video not only is it terrible from a creative point of view from a from an origin point of view but the reaction to it by some people is also pretty gross and one of the comments that I saw and there were a number of them like this basically said that this was a reflection of white people not understanding the plight of of the black struggle that was the tweet from some animeo taku 1723, like, please, can we stop lumping everybody together like one idiot's opinion is the opinion of a whole entire group? We have to get away from tribalistic mentality and points of view because it's so, it's so boring, so unhelpful and so detracts from the actual problem. Right? The problem here is that this ignorant bitch in Canada who's a YouTube prostitute effectively made a really shit piece of content biting a really good piece of content. There's no creativity there. There's no real thought behind it. It's, again, just a clickbait thing, and the person that did it happened to be white. Now there are some racially con- like racial connotations in there that could be You know, interpreted pretty easily as, you know, fucking say racist, but, you know, ignorant. Let's say that. But that's not a white person problem. That's a YouTube prostitute problem. That's a thirsty youth that have, like, developed this idea that just putting videos out all the time, no matter what and going to a common, den- a lowest common denominator audience, like children or, I don't know, whoever else watches this shit, all you gotta do is look in the YouTube comments and you see the type of people that are truly invested and subscribed to these types of channels. It's, yeah, they're junk, let's be honest. Um, but this is not a white person or white people not understanding the plight of The black struggle. This is an individual case. Of an ignorant person. Doing an ignorant thing. Based on a. Person's art. Who happened to be black. And was talking about the plight of black people. We have to delineate. And we have to stop putting each other into entire categories. It's like, what kind of, you know, what's your political affiliation? Like, how do you vote? Do you vote conservative or do you vote vote liberal? I only vote one of those ways because I don't have any real choice, right? And you have to take part in the voting process, in my opinion. it's like I'm conservative on some shit and I'm real liberal on some shit it's like we said before the, the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle but it's the same with this example here this is not white people don't understand black people's struggle it's less than that But I just like, it's not, you know, you don't just press the red button every time a fucking issue pops up because it detracts from the real issues. The thing to do is silence these people by not engaging. They only profit and benefit off of engagement. That's all it is. So recognize the shit content, recognize when you're being tricked or lied to or being sucked down a rabbit hole or a victim of confirmation bias and things like this and be an individual. But also let's start treating other people like individuals. individual merit that's all it is this is not this woman putting this stupid fucking YouTube parody thing out it's not that white people don't get black people's struggle or don't care to acknowledge black people's struggle not at all right that's enough about that side of the fucking pond let's come home let's bring it home cause Like I said to you before guys, it's almost a weekend and what a weekend it is gonna be Oh, I mean, I don't know if you can Sense and just feel the excitement in my voice But we got the royal wedding this Saturday. I Mean, I don't know about you, but I've been waiting for this I cannot wait To see what my money is paying for. I can't wait. They better have some nice fucking flowers. That's all I'm saying. They better be eating good steak at dinner time at that reception. Because collectively, and I'm talking to my UK people now, collectively, this is going to cost us about anywhere between, well, they're guesstimating around 32 million pounds with all the security and everything that goes along with it. So you motherfuckers better tune into this thing and see how your money's being spent. 32 million quid for a wedding. They say Kate and William's wedding. They say that was 23 million. So between these two boys... They're on the hook to us for at least 60 million just off of two days. And I just wonder if that's a bit excessive. Right? We're paying for it. Oh, but they're going to bring in so many, so many tourist pounds and... And, and, and stimulate the economy so much. No, they're not. N- no, they're not. They're just not. They take more than they give fucking for sure. And I'm sorry, BBC again? I'm gonna have to start tagging you motherfuckers because at one point in time, you were a standard of reporting and journalism and now, <sighs> I don't know which one to go to, Sky or you guys. The world news is way better than the domestic news. The domestic news with this like Victoria Derbyshire chick because now I'm working at home, I get to see like what's on during the day if I have the TV on in the background. Whew, shocking, shocking. The type of reporting in quotations that's going on. Absolutely shocking the repetitive cycle of news. It is CNN. It's CNN. It's six stories, six stories, seven stories on a rota. I'm looking at it now, and it's the royal wedding countdown. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are in Windsor, is what the headline writes. The breaking news this morning that the BBC thought was relevant to park the Palestinian problem, just as an example, the breaking news this morning was that Meghan Markle's dad won't be at the wedding. Apparently he just had some operation or something, and he's He's going to take time to focus on his health. Hey. Don't give a fuck about some TV actress's father. And it's not breaking news. It should not even be reported. How about that? It's Like, they got it now. Right now. They've released a statement on it. Please give him some privacy so he can focus on his health. Like, this is not a story. It does not deserve to be on the regular news cycle. What needs to be on the news cycle about this event is the fact that all of these homeless people could have been rehoused or, I don't know, had a social program invested in with the money that they're spending on this wedding. But instead, what they've chosen to do is displace these homeless people, move them out of uh, you know the line of sight that the cameras are going to have. And brush them aside. Now. I don't like seeing homeless people. It bothers me on a number of different levels. But I think where you can. You should treat them with dignity and respect. They've got it bad enough as it is. And I used to be very very callous of my view of homeless people. Like pick yourself up by your bootstraps and fucking get moving. But once you take the time and have the empathy to look into, you know, obviously the mental health issues, the, you know, whether it be PTSD or, 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 or clinical depression or, you know, schizophrenia or whatever it ends up being that can turn a person's life inside out without the proper medication or the proper support shit gets rough, right? Like sleeping on the streets is no joke. To denigrate people further by saying, "Can you get the fuck out of the way so the horse and carriage can be pulled down this street or that the the limo when they're leaving the church can can pass by here and all of the streets are pristine?" It's fucking gross in my opinion. And the amount of money that's being spent on this wedding could be used for a thousand different initiatives. A thousand different initiatives. But it gives the British people an opportunity to have a piss-up, pretend like they actually give a fuck about the monarchy, which I challenge almost anybody on that, especially anybody under the age of 40. And it's a chance for people around the world to get an opportunity to watch a soap opera they don't get to see very often. That's it. It's like, oh, Daryl, why can't you just be happy for them? It's such a nice occasion. And, you know, the monarchy's so nice. And, you know, Harry and Wills, they're totally different than, you know, the old monarchy. And they're the new monarchy. And they're going to be the ones that take, you know, the UK and Britain into the, into the, into the future. A modern monarchy. And I'm just like, I just think it's redundant. They're, fuck, they're fucking redundant. They're no more important than celebrities. Samson, they're no more important than reality television stars. And I'm being slightly facetious on that, of course, because I know the charity work that they do and everything like that. But if I didn't have to worry about surviving in the real world, I'd probably do a whole bunch of that shit, too. I'm just saying, man, like false idols and all that, you know. It's very, very strange to me that we focus on this family. And like. These two getting married. It's just celebrity culture to me. That's all this is. The monarchy used to stand for something. When Britain was like. I don't know. It was a different thing right. Now I just feel like it's a bit. It's a bit hokey. It's a bit. You know it's a. It's all a bit e-news. It's all a bit e-entertainment for me. And I don't get down with that shit at all. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. So I just think that these are the things that, that, that should be, and I get it. Don't be so fucking negative. Uh, it's a wedding. Be happy for them. Blah blah, blah blah Yeah, I get that. Talk about it. No problem. But fucking report the facts. Report the fact that hundreds of homeless people have been displaced because of this thing. That's your job, BBC, Sky News, whoever the fuck else. Report the fact that it's costing 32 million quid. In a time where the government wants to uh, brag that wages have gone up by 0.1% more than inflation for the first time in fucking seven or ten years. Report the facts. Don't report bullshit as good news and garbage as worthy journalism. Report the motherfucking facts, please. The BBC in my opinion is really slipping. Really slipping. And it reinforces my belief that TV license payments should be canceled and eradicated completely. Because I've said this before. In public and in private, I think the BBC should let the market decide if it's relevant to stay around in its current capacity. It should not be government funded. It should not be supportive of the government that's in power. And it shouldn't be funded in the slightest by citizens. Because it's not citizen journalism. This It's not fucking PBS. And it's not NPR. Let's get that straight right now. Those are publicly funded by donations, charities, and you know, foundations. Taxpayers pay for the BBC. And I think it's archaic. And I think it's theft. How about that? I think you're stealing money for us and putting out garbage. Either switch to an advertising model like every other TV station out there. Or go subscription like the others. That's it. In my opinion, that's the BBC's only choice. And I would be making a real effort to push this if I had any actual legislative power. I think asking people to pay a TV license or be fined is extortion for media. Like... You shouldn't be required to pay for media, right? Am I wrong on that? Am I, am I completely off base on this? I don't know. Because I have had conversations with people who are like, yeah, but they do this and they do that and they do this and they do that. Yeah, but so what? They're a media company. I shouldn't have to pay for a media company. Advertising or subscription should pay for a media company. Because if it's a subscription, then it's based on the merit of the content. And I can tell you right now, there would not be very many BBC services that I would subscribe to. So they would have to do some sort of a flexi package like, you know, like Sky do for, for, for cable or Virgin Media do, you know, normal shit. Or like if you want to watch boxing because there's an event on, like the fucking Royal Wedding, you should have to pay for it. That's it or stick it on one of your other channels that should be subscribed to or paid for by advertising. So, I just, I don't think they they warrant that. I, I, I don't think any media company warrants that. But I have to pay for a service or I get a fine. And it's a service that I I utilize for the news. But as I said, less and less so. But I don't listen to their radio shows. And I don't listen to any of their other services and I barely watch any of their TV channels. But I'm already paying for the TV channels because I pay sky for those TV channels. So just like all the other channels I get on Sky that are funded by advertising, what makes the BBC so special? Why should I have to pay again for that? Or to have a TV? Who the fuck are you talking to? Do you know what would happen if they try to do that now? It would last, it would last 20 minutes the discussion would last 20 minutes. People would be like, fuck you. This is, a re- this is like religion, right? You can't, you, can, you can't survive if religion isn't promoted to children. There has to be an indoctrination. This shit is so archaic. People are just used to it now and they're just like, yeah, that's the way it is. Fuck that. How about that? Fuck you. Again, not having it. If you want a service that badly, you'll pay for it. And if they don't want to do advertising, like, they're like, it keeps us independent. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. There are very, very few media outlets of any size. ...that are independent. Purely independent. Very, very few. And certainly none of the mainstream ones. So anyways... I think... I think the quality of the BBC sucks... ...and is getting worse. My main use for the BBC is news... ...and they don't even do that the best. I can get my news in 10 other places that are much more comprehensive and I'm not required to inv- to pay for them, to fund them. So, fuck you all around. Because if they disappeared tomorrow, wouldn't miss them. Would not miss them. Let the market decide what happens to the BBC, is what I say. The funny thing is, their website has something stupid. Like I think it's something Fuck, I'm trying to remember the number I saw, I think it's something like 70% of the population visits the BBC website every month or sorry, not 70% of the population, 70% of the internet population in the UK. Sorry, correct that. Yeah. So, there's like, there's like 67 million people in, in the UK. And I think 43 or no 53 million of them are online. And of those 53 million, something like 70 or 80% go onto the BBC website at least once a month. That is staggering. The ad revenue they could make from that channel alone would be incredible. So maybe I'm talking out my ass. Maybe people would pay for it. I fucking wouldn't personally. And I think if it came down, it's it's the Facebook question, right? It's the Facebook question. Except this is something you've been paying for for so long, you don't even realize you're paying for it, right? It's kind of like data. Facebook stealing all your data. They've been doing it so long, you're kind of like, well, it hasn't fucked with my life this much, so what do I actually really care about it, right? It's like I haven't missed that money for the TV license. Well, actually... You have missed that money because it's fucking money that's gone to something that you shouldn't have had to pay for. But that's what this is like. The market needs to decide. Because my guess is maybe 30% of people would pay for Facebook depending on what the price point was, obviously, you know, and that number varies based on that factor, but you got to come with quality. And if you come with quality, you'll be rewarded. The BBC are in a lucky position because they're such a legacy brand that people that do watch it would probably want to continue watching it. So maybe they would have a good take up on, on subscriptions. I don't know. It just, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be something that I did. And I just think it's asinine to say you can have a rule in place, like a TV license. To fund that. And it's mandatory. I just, that I don't buy for a fucking minute. I can't swallow that for a minute. Although I have to because it's the fucking law. So do quality content. We're paying you for it. It's like I saw this thing on there the other day and it was, um, oh, it was the most ridiculous fucking thing in the world. So, I think for about 10 minutes, there was like a hashtag, uh, boycott new look. And anybody listening that doesn't know what new look is, it's a clothing store in England. Right? I think they do men's and women's, but... This particular thing was um, about women's clothes and outrage, outrage, guys, fucking outrage that a plus size pair of pants, pair of trousers, whatever you prefer, were 15% more expensive than the quote unquote normal sizes. And the first thing that popped into my head was, well, surely it takes more material to make a bigger pair of trousers or a bigger shirt or a bigger sweater or a bigger bra or a bigger pair of underwear or whatever. So therefore you would expect the price point to be higher, right? Uh, This is what immediately popped into my head. Because if I go to Starbucks, a Venti isn't the same as a Toll, right? I can't believe I just said Venti on the fucking podcast. A large, <laughs> snapback, um, a large is more expensive than a small, right? And that generally equates to the fact that you're getting more of it. Well,. If you wear a triple XL versus a medium, it takes a lot more material to make the triple XL than it does to make the medium. And the cost will go up per unit because there isn't as much demand as those. So, of course, the BBC, in all its journalistic wisdom, decided to have two people on to discuss it. One was a fat black chick who was a consumer. I think she was a blogger or maybe a model, a plus-size model or something like that. And the other was a fat German chick who was a designer and owner of a a clothing brand that caters for plus-size models. An expert on the subject, you might say. So the woman who works for the BBC sat in the middle of them and was like guys tell me what the problem is here we'll go we'll start with you and she turned to the plus size model and the plus size model turned around and said i don't think i should be charged more for my clothes because it's discrimination it makes me feel like oh they're subliminally telling me, brands are subliminally telling her that she needs to lose weight because they're charging her more for the trousers that she needs to wear versus the trousers that someone who is smaller than her needs to wear. That's discrimination. That's, per. oh, that was the word she used, persecution, right? And at this point, I'm already like, Waving my fist at the TV, you know, asking if this can possibly be a serious segment on a reputable news channel. So when they turn and they ask the German designer, who is also a big girl, big woman, but not only is she a big woman, she's a tall woman too. Not only that, so she knows kind of, you know, the struggles of finding clothes that fit. Not only that, but she owns a clothing brand for plus-size women. And out of her mouth comes... Well, it costs us more to make bigger clothes. Therefore, we have to charge more. And if I made clothes for smaller women, I would ethically have to charge less because it didn't cost me as much to make the garment. Which to me was like, well, yes, of course. And then the question was brought back to the plus size model. Who turned around and said, well, that's just how I feel about it. And that's how I'm going to feel about it. So that's my opinion. I feel I'm being persecuted. Into feeling and fat shamed into being told subliminally by these brands that I need to lose weight and that there's a problem with me and so they're going to charge me for it. This is the absurdity of the person's conversation. Like To me, for the, for the fat black chick who was the plus size model, it was, it was half a therapy session. Because she basically came on air to, to, to vent on her insecurities and blame someone else that has nothing to do with it. Because that's what she was saying. She was like, I'm being persecuted because it costs a company more to make a garment. She's like, I don't think that's right. I think we should all just pay the same amount for clothes and that should be it. Well, wouldn't that be fucking nice? Wouldn't that be nice if I could walk into Gucci and say, hey, you know what? I want this fucking three-piece tailored suit for the same price as the one that I just saw hanging up on the rack in Primark because they're both suits. It doesn't work like that, you fucking halfwit. Clearly, it doesn't work like that. But you took the opportunity to come on national television on a globally syndicated news program, at least nationally on whatever fucking show it was that was on BBC at that point, at least nationally syndicated and you came to air your insecurities. You came to tell everybody that you're feeling really bad and really insecure about your weight and just to pour salt in the wounds of something that you already know which is you're completely unhealthy, you're not happy with your body image, despite being a plus-size model who is supposed to uphold whatever a positive body image is when you're, by all nutritional metrics, fucking way overweight. You're supposed to uphold for your brand and for your work this positive persona of, being a plus size model is everything that you've always wanted to be yet the salt in the wound on the situation was when you saw that new look were charging 3 pounds more for a size that was over and above what their normal range of clothes are and you took that as a personal attack on you on your on your on your status on your Image on your position in the world. I don't know what. I mean, it was so hard to watch this woman grasping at straws and when she absolutely had nothing left after she'd been persecuted by New Look and persecuted by these retailers, after she'd been persecuted. by retailers, when she had nothing left, she said her final last stand argument was, well, that's just how I feel about it. So that's how I'm gonna feel about it. You're not gonna change my mind about it. I mean, either you're the oppressed or you are the oppressor, right? If I feel oppressed, the first person that exacerbates that feeling is my oppressor and all of my blame goes to them. This woman clearly had a ton of insecurities about her body. I'm not faulting her for that. I'm not faulting her for having insecurities. I'm not faulting her for being vulnerable about it and wanting to vent on what she thinks is, you know, problematic with how we market to certain body images and things like that but the whole thing kind of falls down when she starts blaming retailers for not catering for the average woman because the average size by all the things i've seen in the uk is 16 right now size 16 depending on your body composition height you know all of that For the average woman, a size 16 would probably teeter on the overweight side, right? And I'm probably being polite when I say teeter. Because the simple fact of the matter is we have an obesity problem in this country. We have an obesity problem in the Western world and it's diet related. It's diet related and it's exercise related. And if you want to go a little farther than that, it's got a lot to do with the pharmaceuticals that we're ingesting like Tic Tacs as a society. Okay, so those three things are a recipe for disaster in terms of the health of your population. Culturally, there could be some other things that roll into the diet as well. But this is a diet issue. This is a nutritional issue. This is not a fucking retailer's issue. The woman that was complaining that she was being charged more for this pair of trousers was grossly overweight. She wasn't a plus size model. She was fat. She was unhealthy. And you could see it all over her face that she knew that too. This was like a straw that broke her own back. And I'm really, really getting sick and tired of these plus size models coming out with this positive body image shit. Because if you're fat or overweight, right, which is how we nicely wrap up plus size now. If you're of that size, there is a very, very good chance you're unhealthy, And if you are unhealthy, that means that your body is not functioning the way it should. Which means your cognitive functionality is probably not optimized. Your internal... Let me just put it this way. If you're eating like shit, you look a certain way. If you don't exercise, you look a certain way. If you do eat healthy, and if you do exercise and move around, you look another kind of way. Now, if you want to be unhealthy and not exercise and, you know, develop the consequences of that, that's your choice. And I'm not saying you have to do anything. The only thing I have a problem with is. Saying that that body composition is positive. Which I vehemently disagree with. I've been fat guys. Not grossly obese or anything. But from my body type, fat. Okay. The way your body looks. Is a reflection of the investment that you put into it. Both from a physical standpoint, but also from a nutritional standpoint. And I'm sorry, maybe this is harsh, but that's a fucking fact. That is a fact. So positive body image, please stop passing that off as healthy. Because if you're okay with being fat or overweight, then fine. But stop trying to peddle clothes and products to people like this is okay. Because at the end of the day, guys, I'm not fat shaming anybody here. We have a fucking obesity problem. Cardiovascular disease is one of the leading causes amongst all age groups across the Western world. There's a reason that fad diets exist. There's a reason that personal trainers exist and gyms exist and all of these other things. You cannot tell me, and I will not buy or swallow positive body image from somebody who is overweight. And the fucking same thing goes for the other end of the spectrum. When I look at runway models, that is not healthy to me. That is skinny fat to me. And I think that is almost as unhealthy as the obesity issue. It's like we've discussed before. It's about balance. Somewhere in the middle is the right place to be. Right. And when I talk about the other end of the spectrum, the skinny end of the spectrum, the really skinny end of the spectrum, that also goes into the fitness industry with these people who do, you know, the bodybuilding competitions and things like that. Dehydrating your body and depriving your body of calories and sustenance on a regular basis. We already know this. It's bad for you. Your kidney function becomes irregular, you know, your immune system suffers as as a result of it. So, again, any form of extreme is going to run you into problems, right? And I think it's a slippery slope with the obesity thing and the plus size models thing because... You're gonna have like you like you had in the '90s and the, and the 2000s when it was all the rage about these skinny, emaciated uh, models, right? And they were putting out a negative body image about being skinny, right? Same thing with the plus-size models now. It's exactly the same thing with the plus-size models now, except we have such an obesity crisis and the food, and even if you want to call it food, um, you know the. The consumption that we engage in as a society now makes it so easy to go that way and so difficult to bring it back the other way. And all this positive body image by these plus size models is doing is making people accept and be okay with the fact that they are unhealthy. This is a health thing, guys. I'm Like I said, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean. I know I call those women fat chicks and stuff like that and, I, you know, whatever. And this goes for fucking guys as well. It's just the subject matter was around women's clothing at New Look, right? So that's the subject matter. That's, That's what's framing this subject. But this is across the board, right? When I see a grossly obese man walking down the road, it bothers me. Because to me, it is an outward reflection of what's going on on the inside, literally. But also mentally as well. Because I think they directly impact each other. And I think it's delusional from going back to the female side to have a positive body image about yourself when you are completely and utterly unhealthy and it clearly shows. So I have a problem with that. I also have a problem with people claiming persecution by retailer because again it's the whole it's the whole if you keep calling people Nazis you're not going to know when the Nazis come right keep using and this this one was black as well so for her to use persecution is fucking twice as bad in my opinion so we got to be careful on the verbiage right because you're not being persecuted if you don't like how much they charge for something fucking go somewhere else But this woman had far, uh, far many other issues and the price point on these trousers, the price point on these pants was just uh, a, it was just a way for her to get on TV and vent. It was, it was fucking terrible. But the problem is I've seen it, I've seen it now reprinted on other media outlets from the BBC interview. And the worst thing about it is that New Look have now come out and apologized and said they're going to try to fix it. This is the cost of doing business in the society that we live in now, that you have to respond to every crazy person's fucking retarded argument that doesn't understand anything about retail production, price points, margins, or anything like that. It's, it's crazy to me that you would bend And allow this to be set as a precedent. She has the right to be offended by what they're charging for that. For those prices. And the difference in those prices. She has every right to be offended. She has every right to go somewhere else. And take her business elsewhere. Right? What she doesn't have the right to do. Is try to make it out like this is a a company that has persecuted her personally. And has delivered subliminal messaging for her to lose weight. No. That's your subconscious my love. That's the fact that you can't walk up three flights of stairs without being out of breath talking. That's the constant disruption and pressure you feel on your internal organs. That's where that voice is coming from. That's where those thoughts are coming from. It's not coming from new look, right? Just like the people who were outraged about the uh, cutest monkey in the jungle. Like I mean, that was even more... (laughs) That was even worse to me than this, but that was laughable. Like people think boycott H and M because you think there's a bunch of fucking racist Nazis sitting on the board making all these decisions at all these different stages of the um, authorization process. That so they're just like, yep, that's racist. Put it on through. Yep, that'll offend every fucking black person in America. Get it on the production line. No, it was an oversight and a mistake, right? And it was a tasteless. Um, it was a tasteless application to something that's harmless. That cutest little monkey in the jungle shirt with the black guy, the black uh, kid, the little black boy modeling it, right? It was the wrong match. I guarantee, if that was a white kid in that sweater, nobody says a fucking word, right? But it's the climate. It's the climate. Can we get a? Can we get offended for anything? Absolutely. What's next? Fucking bring on the next one. And that's what this one was doing. She was projecting. She was projecting her own shit onto New Look. All right. Because if she was actually healthy and she actually wanted to take care of her body instead of holding up some sort of a a facade like she has this positive body image about being an overweight model or a plus size model, there'd be no issues. If she took care of herself, if she was a healthy woman, which she was not, by the way, categorically was not, then she wouldn't have this fucking problem. And maybe some of those insecurities would go away. And maybe she would have some more confidence in herself. And maybe she would reserve the right to come on a national television and project all of her problems onto somebody who had nothing to do with them. We got to stop playing black and white, right? Just because you feel oppressed doesn't mean that the first sign, the last straw that breaks the camel's back is the oppressor. That's not where your problem lies, and that's definitely, definitely not where they're going to be resolved. This is for that lady there. This is an inward journey. Simply, simply stated, she needs to change her diet. She needs to start moving and exercising because both of those things she absolutely does not do, and the change that that can have on one's mental. Approach to life, but also their confidence levels and their awareness and their cognitive function and their gut health and everything else, their mobility, you know, everything like that, the quality of sleep that you'll get, it all changes. It all changes. And I'm talking from experience. I'm not talking out of my ass like some guy who doesn't have or has never had a weight issue. I had way more than a fucking weight issue. Let me tell you something right now. So I know how problems can be compounded, but I also know. That there is absolutely, categorically, 100 fucking percent an element of pick your shit up and get moving. Fucking pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You cannot be coddled in this world at every corner. And every uncomfortable situation cannot be cause for outrage. Because we miss the real things that we should be outraged about, is all I'm saying. Stop projecting. It's not not this company's fault. And then you try to start some social movement that obviously, you know, there are hundreds and thousands of people out there just waiting for something to jump on that they're fucking pissed off about. That they didn't even know they were mad about until you told them they should be mad about it. I was reading this or I was listening to this podcast and it was about Facebook's influence in sri Lanka now <laughs> Sri Lanka is a mainly Buddhist um, place, but they have a minority Muslim community and there was outrage and violence over some things that have been shared on Facebook and a couple people got killed because of it. And what happened basically was this guy, he was a Muslim guy and he owned a restaurant that he had worked in Saudi Arabia to save up for and it was basically him supporting his entire family through this restaurant. And one day this... um this Buddhist Buddhist guy came in for something to eat. And there had been rumors going around that the Muslims were trying to put sterilization warfare into effect in Sri Lanka to basically stop the Buddhists being able to breed and then procreate, obviously, and uh, and then the Muslims would take over, right? So... Back to the restaurant, this guy calls the restaurant owner over to his table and is indicating, like, did you put something in this? But they speak two different languages. So, obviously, there was a translation issue there. And the next thing you know, the guy's like, yeah, thinking that he said, um, have you put flour in this to, like, thicken up the sauce or whatever he was he, he was making? And the guy was like, yeah, I did. Um, but clearly, the other guy had been caught up in this story about sterilization so before you know it there's like 15 people surrounding this guy in the street where he's trying to calm this person down to say what are you talking about i just like basically i thought i put flour in it and they whooped his ass and burnt his fucking restaurant down now whilst all this was happening someone was filming it so what you've got on this video is a Buddhist guy who speaks a different language to the Muslim, saying, did you put something that could sterilize me in this? Have you poisoned me in effect? And then the guy who owns the restaurant thinking he's just asked him if he put any flour to thicken up the sauce, says yes to his question of, of did you just try to sterilize me? That's been caught on camera. They fucked his whole place up, ruined his livelihood. The guy's now in hiding, by the way. And this guy, who's been filming the whole thing, uploads it on Facebook. So a town 100 miles away, someone sees it, and they start rioting. And they fuck up somebody. And then this whole outcry and this whole outlash of, like, violence over a miscommunication occurs and has ruined people's lives. And this was distributed via Facebook. And shared via Facebook. And there was nothing that they could do to get a hold of anybody at Facebook to pull this content down because it was clearly misguided and misunderstood. The the only thing that made Facebook stand up and actually take action was when the Sri Lankan government shut Facebook off. Then they got an immediate response and resolution to the issue, which I think is really fascinating because Facebook clearly indicated every chance that they get that they don't give a fuck about the individual user and it's only when their wider cash flow is affected that they'll action any change whatsoever. But to the wider point, this is an issue of being outraged for the sake of outrage where it causes actual real consequence. Like if you boycott New Look because of what this plus size model says, even though it's completely irrational and all of the issues are her own, what you're you're effectively doing is not much at the end of the day, unfortunately, because... The, the wider customer base that goes into that shop is not going to take part in this hashtag boycott bullshit because nobody does and if they do it lasts for three days and then it fizzles out like you don't hear too much about Me Too anymore, you don't hear fucking anything about Time's Up anymore, you don't hear anything about the Parkland uh, massacre shooter um, protesters anymore, you know, all of this shit's gone because the news cycle's 24 hours long. So you're not really doing much but the perpetuation of this type of activity and behavior across social media with such a wide reach and little to no context or nuance in any of the conversations or points that are trying to be raised even as this one was completely mistranslated and misguided they can have real consequences so there is a responsibility on the social network To take a bigger impact and have more moderators doing real human work than just allowing a confirmation bias algorithm to decide what you are seeing or not. Because all that does is stick people in echo chambers, gives them no ulterior alternative opinion, and keeps them on a one-track mind that really doesn't do anything but justify beliefs that they favor and choose to hold for whatever bias has been put around them to that point point. and in the case of this issue in sri lanka what you saw was people of a moderate kind of resistance or a moderate stance on the muslim and buddhist relationship in sri lanka and that turned explosive by the perpetuation of a video that was mistranslated sent across facebook to a village that was 200 miles away that caused death in both of those towns And I think Facebook is past the point now of being considered to self-regulate. I think that there needs to be monitoring regulation and I don't think GDPR is strong enough for companies like Facebook who siphon and suck up every piece of data just to use it for monetary gain when it can have such wide reading, reaching implications. I mean, they're talking about, you know, uh, elections that are going on in the Southeast Asian region and how they're gonna impact those the German elections different elections across continental Europe you know we've already seen what they've you know been able to influence in terms of um, you know having this retard in the president's seat. but enough's enough in my opinion 2.3 billion people are on this network and they're being fed confirmation bias every single day because as Facebook like to brag eighty percent of their users are daily users so eighty percent of two and a half almost two and a half billion people are being fed bullshit every day for the sake of data targeting and advertising but obviously it goes wider than that because they allow developers into the platform who then can siphon off your data and use it for whatever they want. And there's no consequence to this because, correct me if I'm wrong, but no penalties been levied against Facebook. Cambridge Analytica are now out of business only because of the whistleblower that was within the organization that basically just came out and, you know, they couldn't hide behind it. Because Zuckerberg dimed them out as well because he's not going to have a fucking egg on his face. But no, there's no, no penalty been levied towards these guys for this massive breach of 80 million people's data. Irregardless of the fact that you may have been participating in these stupid fucking online surveys or not, it doesn't matter. Because if one of your friends did it, there's a good chance they got your data off the back of that too. So I think some accountability needs to be put into place. And I don't think we can count on these, these tech companies to be responsible for that on their own. Because the only thing you get in terms of a response from these guys is, well, we were a baby little company that was built out of our, out of our college dorm room. And we didn't know it was going to have this impact on elections or this impact on people's data or, you know, bullshit, bullshit. They've grown up and seen the contagion growth of these social networks and reaped all of the benefits and power and influence that comes along with it. So Mark Zuckerberg sitting there in a Senate chair being questioned, saying, I didn't realize that one day we're going to have to look after this kind of an issue. Fuck you. Fuck you the whole way. Because like I said, you've seen it, you've watched it, and you've been a part of it actively. There's a reason that you go to China every three months and have learned fluent Mandarin and it's not because your fucking wife is from there. So, to play the dumb little innocent schoolboy is tired, it's expired, and I think it's time for, for these companies to be put more in check. You know, I get it, Twitter's a public company or a private company or whatever, so you can't tell them who to kick off their site and all that shit, but you know, Facebook's public. Facebook's public, they have to answer to their shareholders, so I think there needs to be more pressure put on them to do some serious, serious regulation on how not only they serve and use your data, but also the amount of staff that they have, the moderators that they have in place, the categorization around that, moderation. And all of the little nuanced things that I'm sure most of those old ass senators asking the question didn't even think of. And I'm sure tons of that I haven't thought of either. But you got to stop getting outraged just because there's something to be outraged about. Because it can have real life consequences. You know. But hey, who gives a fuck, right? Who gives a fuck? Meghan Markle and Harry are getting married on Saturday. So who gives a fuck about any of this other shit? Right? Let's have a victorious sponge and drink some fucking Prosecco, because that's what we do in England. Give that 32 million quid back. You could have done this on the cheap. It's only going to last five fucking years, anyways. Right. I'm done. Sun shining. The wife's home, and the puppies are out in the backyard, and I want to go play with them instead of sitting here talking to you motherfuckers. So, I'm gone. I'll be back next week. There is a UFC on this weekend, but I'm not covering it because shit. Um, I will be watching it only for the main event, which is Damian Maya versus Kamara Usman. I just want to see how close to the end of the road Damian Maya is in terms of his MMA career. And... Um, you know, what Kamaro Usman does because he's this lauded over fighter and I wasn't overly impressed with his last performance. So I'll be watching that, but I'm not doing a breakdown, guys. So I will be coming back to you next week, um, heading to the British Basketball League Finals at the O2 on Sunday. So that should be fun, watching live basketball. Um, I'll let you guys know how that went. And uh, yeah, that's about it. It's, uh, It's been an interesting one again, guys, but never a dull moment, right? We're talking about different shit, talking about real shit, talking about some fluffy shit, but at the end of the day, At the end of the day, just trying to be honest, just trying to be, um, just trying to shine a light on the shit, man. Just trying to, uh. Just trying to let you guys know what the story is. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. Um, This is episode 33. I told you guys we're keeping it rolling. So we're going to keep it moving. Next week we'll be back. Uh, I'm not sure of the exact timings on that yet, but we definitely will be back for at least one episode. So tune into that. This link will be up tomorrow. Um, So if you're getting this on iTunes, give us a rating, give us a comment, give us a like, whatever that shit all helps our um, discoverability and search functionality and all that good stuff um if you're listening to it on soundcloud fantastic follow the uh follow the station on there and if you're clicking through from the link uh on facebook or twitter thanks for signing up guys we appreciate it um that's it until next time guys all the best